Welcome to the Injury Report on WMUC Digital. How are we all doing today? I am here in the studio with Wait, a is very... This, is this Anthony talking? Well, so unfortunately, we do not have uh, cameras in the studio, um, but there is a man that is not Anthony Valdez in, in the chair. He's got, uh, you know, bigger than Anthony's size six little feet. Uh, we have Bobby Hines. Hello. Yeah, Anthony is uh, on assignment for us today down in Oxford, Mississippi. So we uh, brought in a special guest. Bobby will be joining us uh, for today's program. We were uh, we're going to talk about this later. I, I was in Penn State uh, this past weekend, so we had some of our, our top analysts out in the field yes. uh, watching college football live. Uh, before we jump into the sports, let's uh, let's do a couple housekeeping <laughs> things, Brad. Yeah, I'll take Anthony's role of that for today. Uh, of course, follow us on social media at the Injury Report UMD. Um, also, like Anthony noted last week, we are going to be moving most likely to 8 a.m. Uh, for the coming programs. So if you guys uh, follow our Instagram, we'll provide updates there. But most likely next week we will be at 8 a.m. Monday morning. Yep, make sure to uh, make sure to set your alarms. We'll, we'll yes. be on the air early or, or on your way to work. We're yep. also uh, we're available as a podcast. Yes, any place you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. Anchor, uh, the, the injury report. The ringer. Uh, yes. One, one final thing. Uh, we had our contest to see if somebody would email us. We were giving away a free dollar, absolutely no purchase necessary. And uh, we had a winner finally, I think on like Wednesday. Uh, Brendan Weissel, my brother, emailed in and he has been awarded the dollar. So congratulations, Brendan. Yes. Uh, a very hearty congratulations to you. Uh, shall we? To sports. To the sports. So we're going to start talking about some uh, some college football. We had we had a lot of exciting action this past weekend. We had Minnesota undefeated Minnesota and undefeated Baylor's college football playoff hopes likely come to an end. Minnesota going out and playing in Kinnick, Iowa, uh, playing a, a top twenty Iowa team, and you know really really looked pretty flat. Brad, Bobby, what were your thoughts on the game? Bobby. No? All right. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, Minnesota had, I, I mean, I love P.J. Fleck. I, I love Minnesota as much as anybody. This, this run they've been on has really been something special. I mean, historic, some might say, given that they have not had a season this good since the 1930s. But they definitely were outperforming, I think, based on just about any measure uh, you look at. So not super surprising. Iowa is a very tough place to play. Kinnick is always a very tough place to go into. Um, a, a very unfortunate loss for Minnesota, but not something I would say is too surprising. Yeah, one, one thing I wanted to say is uh, we spent a lot of time on the show talking about college football playoff implications and how uh, maybe the the excitement of, of a lot of the other bowl games and, and uh, news in college football is kind of devalued by um, this winner-take-all college football playoff role. And I, I wanted to, to bring you guys in to kind of talk about, you know, Minnesota having this phenomenal season starting out 9-0, 9-1. I think that they should absolutely, their head should be hung high, even though they may have had those aspirations. Um, still, absolutely have the potential to go to a Rose Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, if, if if they went out and beat Wisconsin, they're, they're still in the Big Ten West uh, champion. I mean, they're still the Big Ten West champion, so you know, they they still have a chance there. Sure. So, Bobby, what do you think about that? How can a, a team kind of have a successful season, even though they may not make it to the big games? Well, yeah. I mean, like Brad said, this is Minnesota's best season since the '30s. And it's also the second or third year in P.J. Fleck's coaching tenure, which I think is a good preview of how they're going to be under P.J. Fleck. Because especially when a program was in as like dire straits as Minnesota was, you kind of have to give the coach a couple years to get his guys in and get his culture established. And I think now we can kind of see what Minnesota can do with those guys under P.J. Fleck. 
I, I, I'm with you there. And in other Big Ten news, uh, Penn State, after, after a tough loss last weekend uh, at the hands of Minnesota, they rebounded against Indiana. A close game, though. A close game, ben, yeah. Ben, barely, you were there. Barely a rebound. I, I was there at Beaver Stadium for the first time. Uh, shout out to good friend, uh, ally of the program, Alex Myers. I uh, had a great time up in up in State College. Environment was was phenomenal. Really enjoyed myself there. Penn State, you know, Simmons really looked to to rebound uh, after after that performance against Minnesota. Um, I think that so they have that matchup with Ohio State coming up this weekend, which is college game day. Will be college there. game day. College game day will be in Columbus. Uh, what do what are our thoughts on that game? Ohio State going in is pretty heavy favorites. Already clinched the the East. Uh, but still needing that win uh, to assert themselves as one of the best teams in the country. I think Ohio State's going to beat them soundly. I think they'll cover the 18-and-a-half spread. I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, I I mean, I think this is very similar to the analysis I kind of had for the Minnesota-Penn State game, which is that if if Penn State were to somehow jump out to an early lead and kind of capture the momentum, then I think they have a chance in this game. But I agree, that defense of Ohio State just looks incredible, and Penn State's offense has not done anything to overly impress me. And, and Chase Young's playing again. Yes, and very true. Yeah, getting Chase Young back will be will be huge for them uh, from a defensive standpoint. I also want to point out, though, that uh, both of those teams did beat Maryland earlier this season. However, that while Penn State pitched a shutout against the vaunted Terrapins offense, Ohio State uh, scored 73 but gave up 14. So that's a real... You know, potential litmus test for mm-hmm. when the committee's making their decisions later this yeah, year I mean, as to the value of the program. Perhaps two quality losses for Maryland. Two quality <laughs> losses. Uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever that means. Uh, moving on to the SEC, Georgia, number four ranked Georgia beating Auburn. Uh, I would say pretty soundly. Uh, looked to be good, but the the biggest news out of the SEC this weekend was even though Alabama was able to win, uh, they lost their starting quarterback Tua to a tackle. What's his last name? Tagovailoa to a hip injury. Uh, just had surgery today, I believe. I think it yeah. was today, uh, successfully. But he will be out for the remainder of the season. Alabama currently on the outside looking in at the college football playoff, uh, holding down the fifth spot. Uh, but with two SEC teams ahead of them, Georgia, as we mentioned previously, and LSU. Yeah, Does I, Alabama still have a chance? I think that with the Georgia win, I have to say no. I think that had Georgia lost this week to Auburn, another you know a very solid Auburn team, then there would somehow be a path for Alabama. I think you add in the fact that two is hurt, and you know you're losing your arguably your best player, and uh, th- their hopes of the college football playoff are out. And I, while you know Tua's injury shouldn't really factor into the the, the committee's decision, uh, we know in the past that they have looked at injuries and that they've looked at these sorts of player personnel decisions when deciding who to put in the playoff. And I wouldn't, I'd be shocked if Alabama gets in now. Um, I, th- I think it depends on how the committee values certain things because sometimes they do it just based on pure talent alone and Georgia's offense has not looked good. I mean, it's Jake true. Fromm's missing throws. Their running game's still amazing. Georgia's defense is amazing. But, I mean, Alabama's not replacing Tua with, like, a walk-on. It's going to be a four-star player probably. Sure. Like, the guy looked good in his one start. Yeah. But, I mean... I like, think it's still a very uphill battle for Alabama. Yeah, so I think, I mean, Georgia still has to win the SEC championship, I think, to get in. Right, according according to five thirty eight, right now Alabama has a twelve percent chance to make the playoff. Uh, even even Penn State's odds, uh, I think, because Penn State has the opportunity to to beat Ohio State and, and really boost their resume, 
but with, with, like I said, two SEC teams ahead of them, LSU's chances at 68% and Georgia's at 44 uh, it would, I think, have to take some chaos, uh, Clemson losing perhaps, Ohio State losing, um, yeah. and, and then the Pac-12 and the uh, Big 12 also panning out in favorable yeah. ways for the so SEC. So speaking of that, the Big 12, Baylor losing to Oklahoma, Baylor's first loss of the year. A crazy comeback in that game. I mean, 28-3 to seems like the most dangerous lead in sports. Could be. Some might say. What, what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, well, you know, Oklahoma's kind of clinging, clinging on to, to being in that conversation of uh, playing in, in Dece- uh, you know, December, January. It's squeaking out, you know, road wins at, at TCU, at Baylor. Uh, I mean, Iowa State was an ugly win. Iowa State was an ugly win. Uh, it, it's really hard to tell how good that team is. They have some of the best weapons in all of college football uh, on the outside, and, and Jalen Hurts has proven that he may be able to play at that at the next level. But um, if they start slow against uh, a more quality opponent, such as uh, these teams that look to uh, play in the college football playoffs, I'm not sure that, that Oklahoma will really be able to hang in there. I think off talent, uh, they, they're rightfully in the conversation, but mm-hmm. they absolutely have an uphill battle. Yeah, I completely echo all that i think that you know that obviously this is i mean this is, i think also this is a must-win game for baylor if they wanted to keep keep their you know whatever glimpse at college football playoffs they had alive and i think that they're probably done with this loss based on the the narrow narrow wins they've had uh, in previous games like uh like the minnesota conversation earlier i still think this is a, a heck of a run for, absolutely for oh, that program this, baylor's program was on the ropes like two two whenever art bryles got fired right i mean this is you know as as a an attendee of a school whose whose football program is mired in controversy, and don't worry, we're going to talk some some turfs football in a minute. Uh, Do we have to? We we don't have to, <laughs> no, but, we will, but we I will. think Valdez we'll would be disappointed it. if we didn't. Uh, the ability for them to rebound, like you said, as quickly as they are able to, is is quite impressive um, from a pretty pretty horrific scandal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said. The Maryland Terrapins, your Maryland Terrapins, went undefeated this past weekend. Round of applause, everybody. Yeah, con- congratulations to them. Uh, well, actually, congratulations to all of us for not having to watch a Maryland football game this yeah, past it was, week. It was, a, it was a nice break, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, one more left. Or, sorry, two, two more two, left. So yeah, one, more, Nebraska, one more home game. Yeah, Nebraska, senior day. Uh, at th- got a 3.30 kickoff against Nebraska. Don't ask me how that happened. And then uh, just announced another 3.30 kickoff. Uh, two Saturdays from now in Michigan State. They're at Michigan State. What are your – do you have any thoughts on on this Nebraska game? What uh, – their last home game of the year, what would a successful showing look like uh, for Michael Loxley and this embattled Maryland football team? I mean, I, I think that to say that Maryland would – like the expectation would be to win this game would just be crazy. I think that what Maryland really has to do is just show a little sign of life. I mean, when this season is over, Mike Loxley is definitely going to have his hands full of recruiting. Uh, which is, you know, what he's really was brought here to do. He's supposed to be a great re- recruiter, especially in this DMV area. But, I mean, last week we had recruits, as we mentioned on the show, decommitting in the middle of the game, and there's people on Twitter who are now leaving us out of their like, top fives when it seemed like we were going to be in them. And I think just to show any spark of life is will be vital for this team to, to recruit in the offseason. I mean, yeah, he has to show that he still, like, had not control of the team, but, like... That they want to play for him. Yeah, it's, you have to... A uh, hallmark of a good coach is when things are going bad. People still want to play for them. So if they come out flat and lose like forty-five to ten, it's a bit of a winning flag. But like, I don't expect them to win. I mean, Nebraska's pretty good. I think. 
They've been they've been struggling a bit this yeah. year, but absolutely, uh, you know, I would say but better, better than us. <laughs> better, better than us. Five point favorites as it currently stands. Uh, so Nebraska is. it's uh, you know, did not want to get my expectations too high going into this season. Uh, first year head coaches often struggle to to rally the guys. They don't have all of the, uh, their recruits in place, um, and this is kind of the you know begs the question: How long uh, before? Before you can truly evaluate a head coach's influence at, at a school, I mean, we look at what P.J. Fleck was able to do in Minnesota. Uh, we look at what Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be able to do in Michigan uh, and now fully has his guys in place but wasn't able to. There are people saying that Michael Loxley, you know, isn't the answer, and, and I just think it's way too early to make that kind of determination. No, I, I, I totally agree it's way too early, but at some point, you know, you you got to get the team to play. you got to get to show some signs of life and— just to have any momentum going into the off-season recruiting, off-season workouts will be so important for this team. So, I mean, while I don't think you can expect to win, I think that just a competitive game will be really good for this team. And I, what I would love to see, uh, at least personally, one of, one of Michael Loxley's big recruits was flipping uh, Lance Legend, yeah. uh, getting him to come to Maryland. He was committed uh, to FSU, I yep, believe. At Florida State. And he's appeared in two games so far this season. Uh, hasn't looked great, but still has two more games to maintain his redshirt eligibility. Potentially, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are excited that he could be the quarterback of the future for this team. So showing, seeing some signs of improvement for him, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him in these next two games. So yeah, No, I totally agree. I think that, I mean, there's no reason to play Josh Jackson anymore. I believe he's out of eligibility and uh, yeah, Bobby. Shaky Unfortunately, said, no, I don't. Does, Bobby does not want to see Josh Jackson. Have, I have, I have a year? lot of friends at Virginia Tech, and they do not like Josh Jackson. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge fan. He's not. Maryland's never had a good quarterback, really. And we've had what three or four quarterbacks play this entire year. Yeah, I mean, too, too many. This will though be the last time at home to see a couple of guys who who some are saying might be NFL Brown bound. Uh, Antoine Brooks Jr. I think is the most obvious answer. He I think has the potential to be a, a first or second round pick. And then some people are saying that that Javon Leak might actually leave to go to the draft. Have you guys heard anything about that? He's, I mean, he's looked pretty impressive this season. I, I think, uh, you know, people people are well aware that the problem with with Maryland is is probably does not start with the skill position guys. Yep. And Javon Leak has definitely been impressive this year. Uh, that, that's a little bit surprising to me hearing NFL talk. But we've, you know, we've we've seen the ability of of some Maryland guys to be successful in the NFL with yeah. Stephon Diggs, J.C. Jackson. DJ Moore, DJ Moore, Darnell Savage. Yeah, he's only a junior, so I would expect him to stay another year. But um, Anton Brooks, I think, will definitely leave, and I think he'll be a, a pretty high draft pick. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on that going forward. We wanted to switch gears and talk about some more Maryland sports. Let's talk some Terps basketball. The new AP poll came out today with your Maryland Terrapins ranked number six in the Ooh. country. It's uh, you know. We're, we're going to talk about the game last week versus Oakland as well as some of the upcoming games. Yeah. Were you surprised to see them, you know, this high? I'm, I don't know, just, just, just watching them play and we're, you know, watching them shoot the ball from deep and, uh, you know, the lack of strong interior presence and questions on the defense. And, I mean, I can go on about the, uh, the red flags with this team, but I look at some of the teams ahead of them, you know, Michigan State, Duke, uh, Kentucky dropped out with the – uh, historic loss. Yeah. Uh, th- this past week to to Evansville, at home. Yeah, I mean, I mean, personally, I'm not surprised to see them move up just because n- no one showed enough to jump us, which I think is, is probably the right call. This earlier in the season, no one has enough quality wins to, to move ahead of us, and obviously with Kentucky dropping eight spots, uh, that moves up everybody everybody um, below them up one. So uh, what what I thought was really interesting though is if you actually look at how the voting broke down for Maryland, Maryland had votes. We had the most fifth 
place votes of any team. But we also had votes going as low as 14. So a real disparity among the, the committee as to or the coaches who, uh, or the, excuse me, the AP writers uh, as to where Maryland should be ranked, which I found pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I, I see the arguments for them being as high on as five. Uh, from a pure talent perspective, I really do believe that this is one of the best teams in the country. But uh, from an execution standpoint, um, you know, I'm, I'm really hesitant to, to buy into the possibility of them as a national championship contender, uh, especially due to the uh, gap that they should be filling at head coach. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I mean, in this next week, things, uh, you know, don't get any harder for Maryland. They play Fairfield, uh, GMU, and then Temple. Um, I mean, if you lose any of those games, that's a serious concern. So I I would expect them to win those three. And then we have a a home matchup versus Notre Dame in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And I think that'll be a real test. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for for those uh, couple games. I'd like to see Maryland obviously go in 6-0 into that matchup with with Notre Dame, and there's really no reason why they shouldn't be. Um, but then we'll get to see really how good that team is uh, versus teams like Notre Dame, Illinois, and, and Seton Hall. Yeah. What do you think the biggest concern for this team is thus far? Execution. Uh, that's why I think playing a team like Notre Dame is going to be a very good test because like, Maryland's a supremely talented team. Like They're one of the 10 most talented teams in the country, and Notre Dame really isn't. But Mike Bray is one of the best coaches in college basketball, and they always are like kind of firing so maryland like they turned the ball over they turned the ball over like 10 times in the first half against oakland yeah i mean like, if you did that so at team it's, yeah it's, it's the same story as Mar- it was the same story of maryland all year where we played the first half against a team that should have no business being in the game with us we go in we actually went at halftime up 10 because we went on an 8-0 run to end the half but the entire first half it was a three-point game and then we broke away in the second half because we have better athletes but uh, like bobby like you just said i mean against notre dame you can't rely on c- coming back and scoring 20 going on a 20 or run in the second half because good teams don't let that happen to them yeah i'm i'm uh i'm I'm in agreement with you there i think for me uh the most challenging aspect of watching this team play has been their inability to to make the long ball one of the best teams in the country actually at shooting from inside of the arc their 62.4 percentage inside the arc is a top 10 mark through the first two weeks of the season Hmm. and and some of maryland's best players jalen smith eric ayala aaron wiggins and morcell uh, have all made at least 60% of their attempts from inside the arc. However, uh, their mark of 26.4% from beyond the arc is one of the worst <laughs> yeah, in all of college really basketball. And in order to compete with, with some of these teams that can really score, um, they're going to need to be able to make their shots from outside. And it's, it's easy to bully up against bad teams like Oakland and inside because like, they had probably Oakland probably didn't have anybody over 6'10". Now, they had... I've, I couldn't give their head. They had one big guy who was about Jalen Smith's size, and yeah. after that. So it was easy to bully up on teams like that, but when you have to play against teams in the Big Ten, like, I mean, Ohio State has that one huge guy. Uh, Wes, Wesson, Wesson, yeah. yeah. And that's uh, Ohio State's rise. They're, they're at number 10 in the country, coming off a huge, dominant 25-point win versus Villanova this past weekend. Uh, to kind of go off what you were saying earlier, it's looking like the Big Ten may be a little bit more competitive than people initially thought. Maryland and Michigan State expected to be two national title contenders, but uh, by most, far and away, the best two teams in, uh, in the Big, in the Big Ten. Ten. And, and not to overreact early, but uh, it looks like Ohio State may be right there with them. Uh, Penn State putting together some pr- impressive early performances. Yeah. Illinois as well. Purdue has looked good. Michigan, who people thought were going to have a down year, has been pretty competitive thus far. So uh, the Big Ten is, is looking like it's going to be challenging. 
it uh, yes, it will not be any easier for Mark Turgeon to win his first Big Ten tournament game. Uh, and I am, uh, in a word, nervous to see how they're going to look against some teams that have some uh, some really great coaches, uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of fantastic uh, a lot of fantastic staff yeah, in, in the conference, and um, it's it's going to be tough. My one say something nice about Mark Turgeon this week is uh, that he must have some really fiery halftime speeches because this has been a second half team this year and. Whatever he's saying at halftime, I guess it's working. But you know, obviously that that can't sustain throughout the season. I I did like the decision to press, especially I mean against the inferior like a worse team. It's smart, but even so, like a lot of college players will panic with a press. It just wears you down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see what um, West Virginia has been able to do. St. John's did it against bad teams, and eventually it just breaks teams down, and you're able to get a lot of easy buckets from it. So it'd be interesting to see what they could do against a team like Michigan State if they press, because Cassius Winston's the best guard in the country. I'm uh yeah I, I think that's uh a lot of validity to those to those <laughs> points right there. Uh it's it's been a little encouraging for me to see Mark Turgeon uh switch up his defensive looks employing yeah. the press uh breaking out the 1-3-1 and the and the 2-3 um in the in the half court sets. So uh he's he's shown in past kind of a tendency to want to stick stick to man even even when things aren't going well. Um Part of me is concerned about showing that look to, to some of the other conference opponents this early in the season, but getting those guys ready uh, to play in those big moments, I think, is going to be important because, uh, you know, as as we've seen before, that Maryland can can struggle in, in their Big Ten play, um, and and the ability to throw out some diverse schemes, I think, could could help them in the long run. Off, offense is still the biggest issue because I just remember going yeah. to the games and seeing the point guards dribble around the three point line, getting a couple handoffs from big guys. Like you can't have that still be your offense yeah they've been pushing the pace a lot more this yeah. year too which i've really liked and that's and again that's that's what's so disappointing to me about uh this three-point shooting is that was supposed to be one of the strengths of this team going in with some really talented wings wiggins smith morsell that yeah um and now and now some bigs that can shoot the the three ball with with lindo uh playing some minutes um they need to step up and i'm not sure how you can you know, tell your players that they gotta make gotta make baskets because it's it's not it's not like they're getting poor looks. I mean, Anthony Cowan took took one shot against Oakland, probably closer to NBA range, but with a defender you know five six feet away from yeah. him, uh, and clanked it off the rim. And I think that just kind of was a you know microcosm yeah. of, of I mean, their performance. So happy far to from be three zero, but definitely a lot we can continue to build on. Sure. Was there any other thoughts from the uh, first couple of weeks of college basketball that we wanted to the touch other thing on? I think we should we should touch on that we talked about last week was James Wiseman. Uh, Memphis has now declared him ineligible. What were your thoughts on that? I can't say I didn't see this decision coming. Uh, the the potential repercussion for Memphis for not doing this could uh, be getting left out of the NCAA tournament, uh, lack of scholarships in the future. So uh, they made this this decision and, and Wiseman withdrawing his his lawsuit against the NCAA. But uh, there still still are indications that Penny Hardaway. Uh, and the Memphis staff are gonna are gonna fight this and try to get Wiseman back as soon as possible. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that you know Memphis doesn't want to take a stand here and kind of be a bully up against the NCAA. But at some point, you know, you have other guys in your team, and no one's gonna want to come play for a team that is ineligible to play in the tournament. Sure. So uh, we'll we'll be keeping we'll be keeping on uh keeping tabs on on the way the the rest of November shakes up going into Thanksgiving and uh conference play starting at the, the beginning of next month. Uh before we talk about other Maryland sports, we want to play for you a PSA from our our good friends. Sign up for the- 
every Tuesday around College Park. Don't have a bike? No Just rent it from the campus bike shop. No Spending time outdoors has no great benefits. Bars. It raises your vitamin D levels, it improves concentration and focus, helps you recover from injury and stress, and it may even mean more smiles throughout the day. To get more information, log on to crs.umd slash Maryland Adventure what a lovely PSA. Yes, thank you very much, and welcome back to the Injury Report on WMUC Digital. Before we get into some pro football talk, our, our uh, producer, Brad, <laughs> has some things he would like to say about uh, other Maryland sports yeah. news. A new segment I'm going to try out here is like the Maryland Minute, where we talk about some you know less... Uh, less I think I'm actually going to get the Maryland timer sports. out for this. Oh, please don't. I don't, I don't perform well under pressure. So the first thing I want to touch on is Maryland field hockey this week lost in the quarterfinals of the NCAA uh, tournament. Tough 1-0 loss in overtime to Virginia. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are very upset about that, as I was. Streamed the game on Facebook. Uh, very unfortunate that was, was not on BTN. I was hoping to watch it on my TV. But nonetheless, still a great season uh, for field hockey. Won the Big Ten championship. But um, unfortunately, just couldn't get it done in the postseason. Uh, soccer lost in penalty kicks to Indiana at home in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. But uh, earlier today came out that they will be playing a home game in the first round of the NCAA tournament uh, this Thursday night against Iona. Uh, if they win that, then they would go to Wake Forest. Uh, I think that'll be a real test for them. Um, the Wake Forest game, assuming they can get past Iona, who, who they should be able to do. They've, they've looked pretty good at home this year. Uh, hopefully the crew will come out and support uh, and then we had a women's bas- a couple women's basketball games this this week. The first was a game at um, JMU, which Maryland trailed the entire game. Uh, we're down 19. It, it's one point in the second half and one on a buzzer beater uh, with about a second to go in the game. So actually an electric game right there. Great comeback for Maryland. I mean that would have just been a, I mean not a very good win to win by one point against JMU, but what would have been a terrible loss and probably sent them out of the top 10. Ended up being a, a great win. Uh, and then they had an easy win over Delaware. Um, last night, or yeah, last night, and uh, dropped one spot in the rankings after their um, loss to South Carolina. But generally speaking, all things pretty good for other Maryland sports. Uh, that's been your Maryland Minute. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, sure. No, I, th- <laughs> I think that's a lot of insightful commentary oh, from, our, from our producer, Brad. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to some pro football talk. Very busy week, uh, weekend in the NFL, rather. Why don't we start with the Thursday night game, the Browns hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers winning uh, in Cleveland. I think what overshadowed the game more than the win for the Browns, who may still be you know, clinging to, to hopes of the playoffs with a strong second half, is the Miles Garrett, Masoff, Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't know what you want to – is it a fight? I guess it's a fight, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was a fight. It's a fight. Uh, for those that, that did not see a clip of the game or were not watching the game itself. Or didn't go on Twitter for the next four days. Or didn't go on Twitter. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I, know, I know some of the, uh, the older demographic that, that listens to, to the show. We, we really appreciate your support, but may not be as active on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> uh, Miles Garrett brought Mason Rudolph down to the ground, uh, to which it looked like Mason Rudolph. Yeah, they, were, uh, they were like fighting, going at it kind of on the ground. They were going at it on the ground, as, as Bobby said. Uh, it looked like Mason Rudolph may have kicked uh, Garrett in the groin area to, and, and tried to pull his helmet off. Then Miles Garrett pulled Mason Rudolph's helmet off, uh, hit him over the head uh, with that helmet uh, connected to his, to his forehead, and then uh, Bedlam, uh, a lot of the other players, jumped in. Uh, 
you know, kicking and, and punching and pushing and shoving. Uh, and I, in my 21 years on this earth, have never seen anything like that in a uh, NFL game. Not not from the fight perspective, but um, from something that, you know, if if was seen on the NFL streets, I mean, if seen on the streets outside of the NFL, maybe, uh, you know, con- considered assault. Um and that was a really dark moment for a, a promising young player in, in Miles Garrett and a Cleveland team that looked like they uh, may start, uh, you know, getting their act together. What were your thoughts on uh, on the incident? I mean, I think Miles Garrett, I think the punishment really for Miles Garrett fit it. I'm not sure what caused him to go off the way he did. But, I mean, especially in the era where everyone knows about player safety, just hitting someone over the head with a helmet pretty awful thing to do especially a, a quarterback who had just uh two was two ground, weeks ago unconscious for like yeah took a, took a brutal I mean, hit I, from uh in a game and, yeah. and was knocked unconscious i mean i would say it's really inexcusable from garrett i mean there is never a time when it's i mean okay, yes, no, I, it, I didn't mean to say there should have been oh, excuse. No. i was just saying like someone who for all like accounts you hear about him is a pretty level-headed guy yeah. to do something like that no no totally agree i, I was just like, I, I, I agree with Ben. I had never seen anything like it. I almost didn't believe... I looked up from... I mean, the game was over at this point. Yeah. I looked up from my phone, and next thing I know, I see someone getting whacked with their own helmet. <laughs> I mean, it's just it was just madness. And I think that the the suspension... Miles Garrett was suspended through the end of the season. Suspended indefinitely. I the, the with minimum. Indefinitely. I, yeah. I personally think he's getting 10 games. So I think they're waiting to see if they're go, the Browns make the playoffs or not on the off chance. And I'll suspend yeah. him for that, but I think he'll probably miss the first four games of next season. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was madness, and it's it's really not not what the NFL wants to be. And yeah, I mean, up until that point too, it, you know, people get in scrums and stuff in the NFL yeah. all the time, and you know, the ripping the helmet off is one thing, and maybe you get a fine or a one game suspension. But when it the swinging is where it just got yeah. out and of that, hand. That game was particularly chippy. Uh, yeah. To yeah, conference, I mean, rivals. the Demarius Randall hit. Was it Deontay Johnson in the Deontay head? Deontay Johnson, yeah, and, uh, bleeding out of his Three Browns ear. people hit Juju in the head, and that right. was, both but, of them knocked out of the yeah. game with concussions. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything like that in like any sport since was it the Reds where Johnny Cueto was up against a batting cage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like kicking people. Like, <laughs> no, that that had the feel of like a two thousands Mouse uh, of the Palace type thing. Yeah, something like that, or or maybe any Ravens Steelers games with be. like yeah, yeah well, well, Ryan Garrett Clark will have and it, No love lost between the two teams. Garrett will have an XFL career if things yeah. don't work out in the NFL. He, he will I mean he will be playing on on a Sunday sometime in the future but uh you know like we mentioned he's he's appealing his suspension Wednesday. Uh we'll see what comes of that. I think uh one thing that may have rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way is that so Miles Garrett suspended indefinitely. Uh Steelers offensive lineman uh Pouncey. Maurice Pouncey yeah. was was suspended for three games protecting his quarterback, uh, and then one of the the Browns players got a game suspension. Many were surprised, though, to see that Mason Rudolph, uh, who looked to to ins- instigate the, you know, the the contact and and um, you know the, the violence that ensued, did not receive a, a game suspension. O.J. Simpson was very vocal on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> They're you know, looking for a fine, right? That decision. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fine. I think, I think they should get fined. I so personally, I think he should have uh, gotten maybe a game suspension. That would be a huge benefit to the Steelers, uh, oh, not having God. to have Mason he, Rudolph. He play. lost him that game because their defense still looked incredible. Yeah, the, but, the Steelers' defense looks very I mean, sound, but he's he's looked bad. Uh, the Browns, the no Browns scored because Odell broke one, and then they had four interceptions. Yeah, I mean, right. Mason Rudolph is probably not their quarterback of the future. I mean, oh, no. they have to hope Ben Roethlisberger can get healthy and give them a little bit more time if they want to be competitive in the near term. 
but if not, you know, it's it's not going to be Rudolph. No, it doesn't look like it, and uh, we'll see what happens with Garrett's uh, you know appeal. Uh, but I think let's jump on to a few of the other games. We we had a lot of exciting action uh, this this week in the NFL. The my Falcons. No, that's not exciting at all. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say the Falcons are are they trying to win now? Yeah, what I, are they doing? They have I'm, to be. I'm not entirely sure. I think. Uh, I really don't want to talk about it. It's <laughs> I, I was really excited at the prospect of potentially having a you know a top five pick. Uh, now it looks like this team. I, I I call this like the Chargers phenomena, where some team gets hot the last eight to ten games and and makes a kind of a playoff push. It seems like it's the Chargers every year who start out the year maybe three and seven and then wind up you know nine and nine and seven. Yeah, or I think it's probably six, still so. still a little too late for the Falcons, but. You never know. I mean, they're what, they're three and seven now, so we'll have to see. Yeah, the they defense out, hasn't maybe. allowed a touchdown in like six straight quarters, so uh, we'll <laughs> you get see to what play happens. The Buccaneers next week, so. we play the Buccaneers, <laughs> hosting uh, Jameis Winston, who uh, cements his legacy as a not good quarterback. He, he is like comical to watch. Oh, it's play. so funny. He's one of the fun, like the most fun I've had watching a quarterback play. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, this off season with. Um, you know, his the person who was drafted right next to him, Marcus Mariota, already benched this year, uh, taking some reps at wide receiver. Potentially, that that is a career path for him. Um, Jameis Winston, I find it hard to believe that he's back for another season in Tampa Bay. No. However, I mean, this was his fifth year option, right? Right. So he's yeah. I, I think both of them get second contracts, not think, with the team that drafted them. Right. But I do. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, both of them are, like, definitely good enough to play in the NFL, and maybe not as a starter, yeah. but at least as a, some sort of a long-term backup. But, I mean, just to the Mariota, Mariota, excuse me, and Winston are, are the same kind of player. You know, you look at some of the throws they make, and they're throwing into, like, quadruple coverage, yeah. and there's, you know, they're getting sacked, and they're not even, like, expecting, and they've had eight seconds, and then they're just, like, falling down. It's just, it's weird to watch, and it's, you know, you know, they think that the potential is there for those guys, but they, the situations they're in now are not. I think, I think Mariota him. will be a good backup, or he might even get another chance to start, but Jameis Winston seems like a lightning-in-a-bottle backup. Yeah. Where like, he, like what Ryan Fitzpatrick is now, where like he true, comes true. in for a drive, and you're like, why isn't this guy starting? And then you get game plan for him, and then you realize why he's not starting pretty quickly. Yeah. So my uh, Patriots had a, had a good win. I wouldn't say a great win. The offense still looking a little bit shaky. Um, Brady came out today and once again had another, uh, gave an interview where he was saying that, you know, he's... He didn't say he was worried about the offense, didn't want to you know, blame anybody for how the offense was playing, but definitely said that they, they need to improve, and I would certainly echo that. I mean, the defense thankfully looked great, but there were I think there were 10 consecutive punts in this game by both teams in the second half, so it really was a defensive matchup. Um, but, I mean, personally, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about the offense, but thankfully I do we do have Bill Belichick, and, and I trust that he'll figure things out. I'd, I'd be extremely concerned. Uh, Bobby and I were joking before the show, you know, was was Brady the, the third or fourth best quarterback on the field on Sunday uh, with Julian Edelman no. thro- throwing a touchdown pass. And, and, and the threat of Mohamed Sanu. And the threat of Mohamed yeah. Sanu. Uh, just, just to look at Tom Brady's stat line, 26 for 47, 216 yards, uh, which is comes out to a QB rating of 32.5 and a pass rating of 67.3. Um, I I think we're at the point where we need to uh, start wondering how the Patriots are going to be able to keep up with some of the high-scoring offenses in the AFC. Uh, We saw them. They were unable to do that uh, against Baltimore uh, in that Sunday matchup a few weeks ago, and and they've really benefited this season from their great defense, often giving and special teams giving them great starting field position. Uh, But but to look at Brady's season numbers, he's – 
14th in the league with a 56.4 QBR, uh, yet have the what second best record, record in yeah. all of football, and um, tied for the best record now. Part of it is they're missing a key O lineman. I forget who. Yeah, uh, Isaiah uh, Wynn. Yeah, Wynn who. Who will be who back, back in two two weeks? Week I believe two. a week yeah. or two. And the fullbacks are a big part of their running game. And like Michelle hasn't looked right without Devlin or the other guy. Yeah, very true. And yeah. uh, you know, I, again, I, I think a lot of the sentiments Brad expressed earlier about the Patriots putting things together in, in November and December and eventually January. Um, you know, they'll they'll be they'll have the opportunity to play um, some home games in. Uh, in, in Foxborough, hopefully. What do you think about this matchup coming up next week, hosting uh, NFC leading Dallas, who who won uh, this past Sunday against the Lions? Uh, they barely beat the Jeff Driscoll-led Lions, and uh, anyone knows Jeff Driscoll. Like the biggest joke about him was he was made the biggest recruit Mill Champ ever got at Florida, and he was just <laughs> awful. Yeah, I mean, I think that the same's going to be in Foxborough. It'll be cold. <laughs> I don't think that Dak is gonna. I mean, Dak looked great last week, but I don't, think I don't think he's gonna want exactly against the Lions. I don't think he's gonna want to play in the cold up in Foxborough. I think that our. I think it'll be another game where the Patriots' Patriots defense will look great, and it will honestly be in a, maybe a get-right game for that offense against a pretty weak Dallas D. Yeah. Uh, I, what I found really concerning about the Patriots' offense was not just that they, you know, they they weren't executing, but that it just looked like that they were they were running plays. They, they, they were running plays incorrectly. The, a lot of the younger receivers, I and mean, Nikhil Harry played for the first time, so we can't really blame him. But a couple of the other guys just like they were, looked like they were not on the same page yeah. with Brady. And that's the stuff that, I mean, yes, it is fixable, but it's at this point in the season, you'd hope that your receivers and quarterback are at least on the same page. Brady also telegraphed a few throws. Like, mm-hmm. There were times where like James White went into motion, and you could tell right away he was throwing to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how the rest of the season pans out for, for the Patriots. Like Brad said, I think getting win back. Uh, you know, to have some stability and consistency on that on offensive line. Uh, also, the the potential threat of, of Robert Gronkowski returning to football tweeted out. <laughs> That's a special uh, announcement tomorrow, tweeted, right? Yes, he tweeted out this past week that he had a special announcement uh, coming out on Tuesday. Knowing Robert Gronkowski, there is uh, no limit to what that could <laughs> could be from from uh, potential unretirement to. New business venture to no, WWE. There is an <laughs> endless possibilities. Yeah, I, that that is at least from a. Uh, I would love to see him uh, take a go into professional wrestling. I think that's just a natural fit. I think but, he could help us win one more Super Bowl and then go to the wrestling. Yeah, that's my take. Yeah, whatever you say. Uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about a few other games. Uh, were there any Were there anything that stuck out to you for me? Uh, Lamar Jackson continuing to be um, extremely impressive this season. This week. Uh, 222 yards in the air, four touchdowns, and, and adding uh, 86 yards on the ground in a 41-7 drubbing of uh, considered to be one of the better AFC teams in yeah, Houston. The, the defense looked great in that game, too, which really yeah. impressed me. I mean, Deshaun Watson and the, the Texans' offense had looked fairly good all year, and they made when they didn't give Watson any options. He was getting sacked and, a ton. And, and they did it without Michael Pierce, too, who's one of the best run stoppers in the league and one of the better defensive linemen. I think it's interesting. Both the Ravens and the Steelers made a trade that seemed to like fix defenses that were kind of like middling. Like Minka Fitzpatrick was kind of like the key that made the Steelers' defense as good as it is, and Marcus Peters is doing a really good job for the Ravens now. Absolutely, it's it's uh, we've seen a couple great exchanges of of picks for for players that are able to come in and make a instant difference. You mentioned Fitzpatrick and uh, and Peters. We've we've seen the the value of Amari Cooper down down in Dallas. Um, and we've seen the what Mohamed Sanu maybe will be able to provide for for New England. Uh, 
they could be in the yeah. market for a quarterback. So, uh, well, yeah, one, one more game that stood out to me. Speaking of quarterbacks, is I think Kyler Murray. While they lo- while the Cardinals lost to the 49ers, I think that I mean this game the score doesn't really reflect yet. I mean the the 49ers got a fumble a most touchdown, de- most devastating cover of all time. Yeah, I r- mean ridiculous. But I mean I think that that Kyler Murray looked really good in that game, and I- I've been impressed by him all year actually. Yeah, I mean he's had no time to do anything. So like his like if you look at his numbers, his yards per attempt is probably like six point five or something. But, I mean, he makes a lot of tough throws, and he can run. Yeah, I was going to say, he's using— Like, he, that touchdown he had was incredible. Yeah, doesn't get the publicity that Lamar gets just because I think the team hasn't been as good overall, but he can run with the best of them, it seems. And I, I don't think, uh, you know, the the past Oklahoma quarterback that was picked number one, uh, Baker Murray, perhaps— uh, Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield, perhaps Murray doesn't have, uh, you know, as flamboyant as a, as a personality. He does not have his charisma. And and not his charisma. Well, we don't, we don't hear as much from, from Murray— uh, but uh, th- that's probably true, and I-, I was very impressed with him as well. Uh, 150 yards for two scores, and-, and adding 67 on the ground in an impressive late game uh, running touchdown. Uh, that that was an absolutely heartbreaking loss for this for this Cardinals team, uh, playing in a one of the toughest divisions in, in all of sports. Uh, speaking of the of you know the NFC West, uh, the the Seahawks beat the the Niners on Monday night. This the past uh, past Monday, um, and then this past week, did had a bye. They had a bye week, so but, they so yeah <laughs> they stayed bad. Yeah, but so I yeah I think that 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 division will, will certainly be interesting. What do you guys think of this this matchup tonight? Chiefs Chargers in Mexico City. Uh, Estadio Azteca, uh, one of the toughest places to play in all of professional football, yeah. <laughs> um, considering that, that nobody plays there because it's a, a stadium in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, extremely high elevation uh, w- with the smog as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Patrick Mahomes is able to play in this environment. Last year, uh, as we all know, the uh, Potentially the the game of the year last year the the Rams Chiefs game was originally supposed to be in Estadio Azteca, um, but the field conditions were not uh, up to par, so they wound up playing in the Coliseum. Um, I the Chiefs suffered a, a really difficult loss uh, last week. Ryan Tannehill led a, a last minute drive uh, to down to down the Chiefs and and their special teams mishaps. I'm I'm interested to see, the the Chargers are never a team that you know. They never make it easy for for anyone. They seem to play in a including lot of clubs. themselves, though. <laughs> so, like, you never really themselves. know what you're getting yeah, with the Chargers. And I, is Derwood James back? Uh, I haven't seen the the final injury report. Uh, should come out a couple couple hours before the game. Uh, so so we're looking forward to that coming out soon. Yeah, I think that if the Chiefs win this game, they're gonna smack the Chargers. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Chargers do this thing like we always say. Philip Rivers does the same thing every mm-hmm. week. The Chargers do the same thing every year. If they can keep it close, then they will yeah. absolutely have a drive with two minutes remaining yeah. to win the game. But if Kansas City comes out, I think they, yeah. they could easily take the control of this game. They have the personnel that like matches the game plan of how to beat the Chiefs. They have the Bosa and uh, Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram, so they can get pressure. They have a good running attack where they can kind of take the uh, take the ball away from Mahomes. Right. Two two of uh, the Chargers, Melvins, have really started to get going lately with Melvin Gordon, and then uh, as Bobby just just. Uh, spoke about Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa uh, really been playing well lately, combined for nine sacks over their past four games, uh, and, and Bosa's up to third in the AFC in, in sacks. So uh, Kansas City getting healthy, uh, may need to fend off the Oakland Raiders, who appear to be playing some better footballs. This uh, this is really a big a big spot for both teams. 
uh, if, if they want to keep their playoff hopes uh, alive, especially L.A. Yeah, so I think t- to shift away from football, we will be sure to update you, uh, of course, next week on all the things that happen on Monday, Monday night and on Sunday. Um, let's shift to the NBA, Bobby, uh, Sarah, our, in, our NBA insider, some are saying. Before so. we get going, I uh, want to give an apology to Anthony. I know he really wanted to, to be here for our <laughs> yeah, NBA segment. It's going to be so uh, sad. He's a huge... You think uh, he can name three NBA teams? I think he can name three NBA teams. I'm not sure he can name more than a player on each yeah, team. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but anyways, what what have you... Bobby's, Bobby's a big Sixers fan. Um Brad's a big Celtics fan, and I'm a big fan of making fun of the Celtics. Mm. Uh, let's. Why don't we start there with Boston, uh, riding a, a, a huge winning streak. Uh, just came, ended. Just yeah. ended. Marcus Smart, who uh, kind of inexplicably got a, got a last shot in the game, uh, and uh, unsurprisingly been, uh, did not go in. I mean, it was like a double doink no, on the shot, rim. Shots like close. that shouldn't go in. Take no, it. No, Take I it from a Sixers fan. Yeah, fair, fair. No shots that bounce on the rim that long should go in. <laughs> Very fair. So the, the but, Celtics eating the leading the Eastern Conference with a with a 10-2 and two record. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any surprises so far? We're going to talk about some individual players in a minute here, but uh, teams that, that you're surprised to see in the playoff picture, teams that you're surprised to not see in the playoff picture um you know n- no one's surprised to see the new york knicks struggling the way they are um, the wizards are struggling as you know as you would also expect but i i think the the team that comes to mind is is brooklyn uh to start on the eastern conference kyrie irving will be sitting out tonight for the second straight game uh and they're off to a five and seven start um including you know four and six over their last 10 what what do we think of of that team you know obviously bringing in uh Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, two of the, the game's best. Durant will likely miss the season for injury, but still a talented group of guys in Brooklyn. Um, do you expect them to put it together as, as the season goes on, or do you think there may be uh, real problems that they could be a fringe playoff team? I think they'll put it together. I mean, they're the teams ahead of them, which talk about a surprise, the Hornets. Yeah, that's where I was going. Supposed, and that will lead into surprise players because Devonta Graham's been incredible. But, I mean, they're better than the Hornets. They're better than the Magic. I think it's just kind of starting slow. There have been a lot of reports about Kyrie being like unhappy. I don't know how yeah, true any of them are. I mean, it's the same kind of stuff he had in Boston, where he's a bad locker room guy, and you know he, he doesn't get he, like you see videos of him like pushing players on the court, and it's yeah. uh, it's kind of weird. But he's a different player than D'Angelo Russell. With Russell, they ran a lot of pick and roll, and like Kyrie's a great passer, but he's not really a pick and roll guy as much as he has create his own shot. And out of that shot creation comes creating shots for others. So I think it'll just take time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and obviously next year, they didn't expect much to happen this year with Durant being out. Yeah. I don't think that they had, you know, finals expectations. Uh, I, I would say to turn to the Western Conference, one thing that's really surprising me is, I mean, we know that Golden State lost a lot of pieces, but for them to have only only have two wins, I think is pretty shocking. Yeah, they have the, the worst record in all of basketball. Um, Clay Thompson not expected to play this year after tearing his ACL in the finals, trading away Andre Goodall in the offseason, um, and also losing Kevin Durant, uh, Steps up for the season, I believe. So they're we're gonna we're gonna talk reports. Yeah, we're yeah, I, we're I gonna talk about the well, officially the season. I mean, there he said that he doesn't want to miss the whole season, but there are a lot of reports from like Rosen Champs that says oh he my. will miss. So the let's whole talk season. about some of the Warriors injuries. Uh, Steph Curry broke his hand. Uh, the original timetable was supposed to be uh, three you months. know three months. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, as Bobby said, there there are reports he may miss the entire season. Draymond Green's been banged up. D'Angelo Russell banged up. Um, and, and as I said, Thompson out for the entirety of the season. Um, this is a much different Warriors team than we saw last year, not just in terms of personnel, um, 
but in terms of the, uh, you know, it seems like the culture. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to tell if they're. I think the season's obviously shot, um, but the question is getting everybody back healthy, potentially with the with the chance of a top pick, adding someone like a, a James Wiseman, um, who that team could really use. Yeah, so uh, I I think there were two outcomes for the Warriors season. Either Steph plays the whole year, they squeeze in somehow. He puts up like hard numbers, or they just tank it. Like the what I think. Like ninety seven, the Spurs did it. Got Tim Duncan. Yeah, they have to be in full tank yeah. mode now. There's no reason not Which, to be. It's a good thing. I mean, let D'Angelo Russell play, increase his value because he actually played well before he got hurt. He's he's been D'Angelo Russell's been yeah. pretty efficient, scoring twenty three, uh, twenty four points a game. Um, maybe obviously can't move the ball around as, as well as Steph, but uh, still looking like he could have been uh, fit in that system pretty well. Yeah, but like trade him, and then they get a chance to see what like uh, like Pascal's been playing well. He's looked great. Uh, Robinson hasn't been been too bad. Yeah, and they have a lot of picks too, based on you know some of the trades they've made, and mm-hmm. I believe so. I mean, thankfully, what I was what I was just thinking now is thankfully all the Golden State um, bandwagon fans don't have far to go to become Lakers fans, as the Lakers have been really killing it. Best record in the tied for the best record in the league with yeah, best, Celtics and best, best record in, in the league. The the Lakers oh, yeah, have 10, eleven yeah. wins. Right. Okay. So sorry. Excuse me. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers that I guess have the best record in the NBA uh, at 11 and two. Uh, what have you made of this team so far? I think, uh, as expected, LeBron and Anthony Davis have been uh, an an absolutely unstoppable tandem. Uh, both looking like they could, uh, you know, there there were questions going into this season as to who the best duo in LA was. Was it LeBron and Anthony Davis or uh, Kawhi and Paul George, who just returned from injury this week, um, who looked who looked pretty good in in just about three quarters of play. The, the one thing that really concerns me about, about this team is um, how they're going to get productions from outside of that big two. Uh, Kuzma has been struggling a little bit, uh, returned from injury after, after a couple games, um, not, not receiving. Uh, the third best player on the team this season, it, it may be, I mean, who Danny Green, yeah, I mean, Dwight yeah. Howard. Kuzma's a horrible fit for them. He's not a good spot-up shooter. He kind of is he's best for that team as like a six-man when – LeBron and AD aren't on the court. And Dwight Howard's actually looked pretty good, and they're going to need it because Anthony Davis doesn't like covering centers. Yeah, they have. Uh, I think that's the one the one spot where I'm not overly concerned about is is they do need some front court scoring um, outside of LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. Well, I guess LeBron's a point guard now, but yeah. uh, Dwight I mean, Howard and JaVale. Cousins doesn't help. Right, he, yeah, looking all. like I, he's kind of an afterthought yeah, at this I was point. About to say, that was more of like a, if it works out, it does. But like Cousins didn't look very good for the Warriors. He was incredibly slow. Yeah, um, but I, I've been impressed at LeBron. I mean, come, I mean, last season had the injury and you know didn't really look like himself for a, a good portion of last year. So, excuse me, I was I was um, definitely interesting to, interested to see how he would come out this season, and he's looked like you know just back to old LeBron. Hat doesn't yeah. like he's regressed a bit, hitting shots. I mean, out physically being you know more physical than everybody else in the court which is what you expect seeing from him but I, i've been impressed at how he's been able to turn the switch right back on last season i think was him he played and he was hurt but he is well, probably the best at all time at kind of lowing when in the game to take breaks and that's just sure. what he did a lot last season like he didn't play a lot of defense and there wasn't any reason to i mean they were terrible mm-hmm. so we'll uh you know we'll keep uh watching nba basketball except anthony anthony will continue to not watch yeah. nba basketball uh, but I wanted to move on, spend our last 10 minutes talking about, um, well, just to wrap up the NBA, um, we're going to talk about, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily Mello. use the word disgraced, but um, blackballed maybe, or uh, yeah, 
you use whatever word you want, but Carmelo Washed. Anthony is yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that, well. A better word. I was I was gonna use this to segue into Kaepernick, but so that's why I was trying uh, to, to use the analogy. I, I'm not even <laughs> sure what the what the words I'm looking for here. But Melo is back in the NBA. He'll be playing in Portland. Uh, returns to his old well, he's got a bunch of teams now, but it returns to to Houston to face off against the Rockets, where um, you know he, he's really a difficult player to sort out. Where he obviously can still uh, score, but the question is with the um, his questions about his can he still score? Yes, he. Can, I mean, like, yeah, he can, I mean. has he, that been proven though? There's, I mean, well, there's yeah. videos of him shooting in his garage all alone, like hitting threes. No, but I don't just, know but if even, that even in his time in like, okay, Houston, he was scoring 14 points yeah. a game. So um, they have to figure out how to use him, and especially Portland, who's kind of in a system where they don't play a ton of defense. Well, I think Portland's kind of putting like a bandaid on like a gushing flood right now, yeah. right? Because they came into the season not having any wings. I mean, they got Kent Bazemore, who's okay, but he's more of a guard. But they got rid of Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino and Jake Lehman, and yeah. yeah, and like Jay, they all, they are all kind of the combination of the ideal wing, but Former like still, Jake Lehman, <laughs> like what's his name? Carmelo Anthony's not going to help that. I mean, they their offense, their whole team is just two guards and two big men. It'll it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, and and uh, I guess eventually getting uh, you know White Whiteside's really struggled there, mostly because he's not a good basketball yeah, player. He struggled in Miami too. Um, you know we'll we'll see what happens when Nurkic comes back from if injury. Nurkic comes back. If yeah, he suffered a pretty horrific injury last season. Um, again, so speaking of, we'll see if this this move was will actually fix a need or or was more of a publicity stunt. Speaking of potential publicity stunts, um, from both the NFL and Kaepernick's perspective, uh, X. I guess we call him ex ex NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick uh, hasn't played in in about three years. Uh, was invited by the NFL to do a workout this past week in Flowery Branch, Georgia, at the Atlanta Falcons Go Falcons uh, practice facility. Um, wound up switching the location of the tryout. Held his Kaepernick own tryout. Right, yes. Kaepernick switched um, to a uh, high school in in the Atlanta area. Um, and was, I guess, a little selective about the media. He had his own team there to um, kind of handle, you know, who would be able to watch the uh, performance. Wanted to get your guys' opinions. How do you think he looked? We saw some videos out of Georgia, um, him throwing the ball to uh, receivers running a variety of different routes. It, it looks like he can still play. I think this is a complete publicity stunt, though, by by um, Kaepernick. I mean, I it mean, was by the NFL, too. But Sure. <laughs> sure. But, I, I mean, mean, both, Kaepernick, I mean, if Kaepernick wanted to play at any point over the last three years, he could have... The NFL has tryouts like every week that you know various guys can come and can come and try out for. Any Tuesday he wanted to, he could have gone to one of these tryouts. He absolutely could have done his own tryout with his own publicity team, like he did this week. He really just wanted the media attention. And I mean, after the tryout, he had this like basically scripted statement, he two minute statement he read to the media. I think I, it it's was, that's a really fascinating statement. He, he said that the last words he said were, "We'll continue to give you an update as yeah, we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, and the, the 32, 32 teams. We will let you know what we hear from them. The balls in their court." So. Um, I'm with you, Brad. I'm not sure that, uh, that he really wants to play football anymore. It seems like he's transitioned, uh, at a point in his life where, uh, his work seems to be, a, uh, more than, more than just the, the sport of football. And he's been able to use that as a platform for, um, you know, do, doing a lot of social good. Um, so I saw something that said he switched the workout because when he showed up, they offered, they gave him a waiver that signed away all liability right, which, for everything they did, not just anything that happened in the tryout. So it's basically just saying that it exonerates them from any blackballing that may have happened. And so that made him a little upset, and he left. 
Yeah, so, I mean, the whole thing is... I mean, They, they he, obviously did it as a publicity Yeah, he, a publicity I mean, Kaepernick too. has a noble cause, and if he, if he was trying to get publicity for it, this was the right way to do it. And uh, I, I'm very interested to see what happens. Uh, and, and there was also an interesting thing where the NFL, as is, is part of the way they wanted to design the workout, there would be no cameras allowed, yeah. uh, and they were the only ones that were prepared tape. Not even Kaepernick's team yeah. could record Which the workout, happens, and then they would send like, it out. Which is what happens normally for... These guys, like what happens in a lot of other tryouts. So it wasn't it's not like a crazy request. I, I think the thing is that they didn't work with him though. They didn't got him no. use his own receivers. And I mean, I think everybody saw the video of like him throwing like a perfect deep ball and it's yeah. literally just going through the guy's arms. Yeah. Right. There's I mean, we we've seen some really poor quarterbacking uh, you know, this this past year from from guys like well, both uh, quarterbacks on the Patriots, Stidham and Tom <laughs> no. Brady. Anybody uh, that's stepped Luke under center Falk. for the Jets. Right. Uh so yeah, Sam Darnold does not look to be a, a good pro and, and Mitch Trubisky. So um, we're we're gonna see how that pans out. I I if I was a betting man, uh, I would say that he does not play uh, football again. But I thought this was a really kind of interesting social experiment um, to you know to see if if both sides would be able to move on and, and come together. So it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. In our last three minutes, um, one of the one of the biggest news, uh, yeah, <laughs> one of the biggest news headlines to clap or. Uh, to break to this, bang. to bang this this past week was uh, news that the Astros have been using technology to help seal signs. Steal signs. Uh, which, the evidence here seems pretty overwhelming too. It seems like the Astros had a camera hooked there, up to like a monitor in their dugout that they were using. An, there's an email that basically says that's what they wanted to do too. Sure, and and we have uh, former players uh, commenting that that they were all aware. Um, one of the interesting things to me to to see how this pans out, the MLB is about to launch an investigation to you know to get to the bottom of this. Um, the figures involved in this, so uh, you know, obviously everyone in the Astros organization, but people previously in the Astros organization, <clears throat> including new Mets manager Carlos Beltran, who is apparently um, instrumental you know, in doing instrumental. It. You can you can pick your word there. Uh, some have even said he and uh, you know Correa were uh, Correa, Cora. no Correa, uh, uh, oh, current yeah. current shortstop were, were the brain children yeah, of, yeah. of this of this idea, um, and then current uh, Red Sox manager Alex Cora, who um, was was also part of the team during their 2017 run. Uh, a lot of disgruntled fans and people from the baseball community, uh, you know, questioning about the. Uh, you know the ethics of this situation. Are other teams doing it, and the, and the Astros were the first to get caught? Um, was it just the braggadocious nature of how they vehemently denied uh, these allegations, which which have gone on for years? Um, I'm, it, it, you know, calls back to the uh, Red Sox Apple Watch scenario. I mean, this calls is back f- to the, far the Patriots Spygate, far, far the scope, Patriots yeah, Spygate spy scenario. More, more a similar thing with cheating. This is what I get every week. A no, similar thing with cheating in Boston sports. Yes, 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 yes. I know what you're saying. Um, I mean, I, no, it, clearly a, a terrible scandal, and the yeah. evidence, is, I think, is, will clearly come out against them. And I, I, I mean, I don't know how you punish a team like this, though. Right. I, I mean, there's there's questions about suspensions. There's taking away of international uh, international pool money. They're probably going to lose picks. Uh, yeah. Draft pick loss. So. Um, you know, and, and, and like I mentioned earlier, will it affect the people outside of the organization that, that were previously That's inside? just one thing. Like, for, like, the Mets, it's hard to believe they didn't know that Beltran was so instrumental in it because so many players knew about it. It's right. hard to believe they didn't know anything about that. So it will be interesting to see how it affects teams like that. Thank you very much for listening this week. Again, this was the Injury Report on WMUC Digital. Thanks, guys. Good night.